When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers tribute to Brendan Rogers' time at Leicester City um, <laughs> and other stuff alongside it. This is Winners and Losers. I'm Gav. That's Pete. That's Dicko. Um, I want to talk about Brendan Rogers for an hour, maybe 60 to 63 minutes. But the lads have picked other winners and losers from the weekend's football. This show is brought to you by bookmakers.com. Check them out at bookmakers.com for all your gambling needs if you gamble on football, any sport from through any bookie you want, that is the place to go but do so responsibly, if you don't gamble stats, analysis, articles, all sorts of stuff on there, for the non-gambler, just the sport reader, there's loads of stuff on there as well I'll get on to our charity stuff later on and um, yeah um, what happened over the weekend, well the lads done a great show after the, the loss to Man City the lads, the two lads done a great show last night in the Fatback 4 because me and Shawnee are dying, um, I'm still dying but um, I did go and play golf today to try and make myself better, Um but winners and losers from the weekend, I genuinely, lads, are forgetting. I've forgotten what your winners and losers are, so it's, I'm just shooting for the stars here. Dicko, um, mm. how are you? Do you have got a point? My Dicko will be fucking fuming. Yeah, I know. I, I I didn't watch that second half, and you know, looked like a foregone conclusion, and then couldn't believe my eyes when when I'd seen Everton had equalised and Spurs had done a Spurs unbelievable. Luke yes. Moore come on and try to break someone's ankle just to level things up. Did he? Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Seeing they got a red card, just couldn't get my head around the whole thing. But yeah, I'd say Goodison was bouncing by the end, and uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm over, I'm over in Liverpool on Saturday, and she'll still be, I'm sure she'll still be fuming. Yeah, and rightfully so because like, how many times do these pricks want to hang on? You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, like I was saying to Peter, um, we we're talking about 
this financial investigation into them and, and people I've, I've read one part person saying it actually could be they've been thrown over the edge by the sign of the Neil Mopek which would be glorious but yeah, but the thing is like if they're in the wrong here do they get a point seduction this season and that's them done because I don't think they can get it done that quick if it goes into next season do they get a point seduction I don't know but I'm quite happy for the F the Premier League to run and go Everton you stayed up you have got issues so you cannot sign anyone for the next year and genuinely um I'm all for it. Um, I don't see them. I don't see them survive. Like if they got say a fifteen point deduction at the start of next season, I don't see them overcoming it. No, because it effectively would give them a transfer ban. Because who wants mm. to sign for them and they don't have any money? But we might we yeah. might get into them a bit, a bit later. Um, yeah. but who is your Dicko sticking with you? Who is your winner yeah. of the week? Uh, my winner was the Evergreen, um, another ex-Liverpool manager, uh, Roy Hodgson, <laughs> who ironically condemned put the final nail in the coffin of Brendan Rodgers. I mean, you couldn't write the script, could you? I mean, being plucked, um, being, plucked from <laughs> being plucked from retirement. So, uh, you know, he's still, you've got to remember, he's drawing his old age pension, the fella. 75. <laughs> he's well into the old age pension. No, no, seventy-five-year-old should be rang and asked. Listen, is there any chance you can give us a dig out here for three months? He's seventy <laughs> fucking five. <sighs> I know it's amazing, isn't it? Warnock's still getting gigs. Um, this fella's still getting gigs. Um, Sam Allardyce must be wondering why he's got to do to get a gig. Um, when there's fellas like this coming back, but yeah, look, he um, he obviously rallied the troops. You know, I think it, it, to be fair, like it's all set up beautifully for him in a way because Vieira was just coming off the back of a real nightmare stretch of games. Um, he couldn't quite ride out the storm in terms of surviving through to what is now a much kinder stretch of games. Like the the bottom is mad. I wasn't he just looking there before Everton equalised, kind yeah. of. You know, we were literally looking at it before you decided to join us three minutes late. It was, by the way, the tickets fought well late. Come on, <laughs> just, just couldn't believe that it, that there's so few points between where Palace sits in the table, and I think it's twelfth. Yeah, way down to kind. Of, I know Southampton a couple of points adrift, but look, everyone is essentially in the mix from Palace down. So to get those three points, like, was absolutely massive for them, and I think you know, obviously is. Uh, his last, the last job he got was Watford, wasn't it? Where, where it was, yeah. it was, it was an uphill struggle. Yeah. They, but they but were, Watford yeah. feels Watford. Look, he was about seventy three then, right? Yeah. And Watford, it, Watford offered him the job, right? But Watford feels like, you know, Palace didn't have the few quid to pay him off, so they rang Watford and said, "Listen, give him a job for a few months. We'll, we'll, we'll sort you out with a few, few quid, yeah, and Roy will be sorted for for retirement." The fella has no how many years left has he got? And then all of a sudden he turned around and goes, yeah, I'll go back to Palace. Like, he, he must fucking hate being at home. He must have retired after Watford and the missus has him putting up shelves and, you know, yeah. clearing out the shed and doing all this stuff. And he's like, fuck that. The next job I get offered, I'm taking it. Just on, on the league table, right, Um, for, for people that haven't seen, I'm sure you have, but if you go up to, if you take Palace out for a minute, right, mm. or don't, 12th Palace, 29 games, 30 points. Wolves, Wolves, 29 games, 28 points. West Ham, 27 games, 27 points. They look, for me, like they'll pull away, right? Um, they need a couple of wins for me. Um, Everton, 29 games, 27 points. The next four have all played 28 games. Have 20, uh, Forest of 27, Bournemouth of 27, Leeds 26, Leicester 25, 
and Southampton sit on 23 points from 29 games. I know Leeds play Forest tomorrow night and Bournemouth host Brighton tomorrow night. Um, so it's 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 mad the league is. It's absolutely mad. But P, there's so many there's so many six pointers down there now. There's got to be at least one pointer every weekend now from that between now and the end of the season. I swear to God, right. I do a show on Bookmakers TV every Thursday, right? And we preview the Premier League. We look back at stuff that's happened. And you know sometimes you go in and you go, if you're previewing a Premier League, and even the lads that do Air Friday night show, you go, oh, there's a few dead rubbers in there. Yeah, we, we do four games because usually... But every week, out of the ten games, eight of them are, like, mental. And mm. two of them are kind of, uh, you know, someone might be involved, like a Chelsea. Um, but, like, it's, it is. It's a crazy, crazy season. P, like... Roy, he, he's right there. Like Roy Hodgson, winner comes in, yeah. you know, puts Brendan Rodgers to the sword, um, <laughs> sniggering away. You know, sniggering away while he's like, you know, dribbling his soup. You know, after the game, at Patrick Vieira. Like, is it just great for him, or is it just like, what is this fella? At? Listen, we, if people laugh at Roy Hodgson. They write him off. This is a man who came up the hard way is a very experienced man and has the respect of other managers and players within the game. 75 he might be. But, like, he's from Croydon, for starters. So Crystal Palace is his team. So he's always going to get a tune out of them. And I think it's a smart thing to do. Get somebody in, in the situation. That I was sorry to see Patrick Vieira, the back of Patrick. I think Patrick Vieira has a future in the game. Not only was he a great player, he knows what he's doing. Crystal Palace is a different proposition to what they were last year. They're big physical boys. They, they can all play a bit. They were nice to watch, and, and, but they just didn't, didn't have Ant up front that could consistently score goals. Mm. Roy is there to get to rock a few points on the ball, but he knows the he knows that club. He knows that club better than, than most. It's a very astute, you know, fella to bring in. It doesn't matter his age, but this is a man that ma- managed England. Man, fella speaks three or four languages. Very smart man. Knows the game. We might laugh, but I tell you. You don't get the Liverpool England job. You don't get the job into Milan. You don't get the jobs that he's gotten by being, you know, happy go lucky some outlet that's doddery. Oh no, he was he was horrendous at Liverpool. Like horrendous. Oh, yeah. like, he does no. he does a decent he goes to Inter and, and so that he, he's at Blackburn, isn't he? It's not the best of times. He does yeah. a great job at Fulham. He's yeah. horrendous at Liverpool. He should never be in the Liverpool manager. He simply and the reason being is because as much as he travelled the world and he's probably collected fridge magnets from everywhere, he Style. didn't know what Liverpool were about, and yeah. that's what it was with, with him. And apparently, that the results and some of the comments he came out with, like being beaten three 0 at Goodison and saying it was our best performance of the season. Oh, like, the oh I want to rip. I literally want to rip that telly off the fucking wall and just plant it on top of my own head. Yeah. You know when he was saying stuff like this. Just says you should read the Hodgson files by Ben Johnson, the Anfield rap hilarious in the press. Yeah, if you go and find that, it's actually brilliant from a couple of years ago. But like P, he, he gets if he gets three wins between now and the end of the season, he keeps them up. They're all right. Twenty nine points. He will, he, they have Everton for starters, so they'll bounce off them because they'll remember they'll remember what Everton did to them at Goodison Park last year and and had that big party afterwards. They'll be going, they'll be looking to to, to, to destroy them. I, I tell you, I look, Palace are the one side I look at. I know they haven't set the word on for, but you're physically tired looking at, when you're looking at them. You're picturing. It's, I wouldn't want to play against them. As a player, you wouldn't want to put 12, 11 players on the park against them. They have they're an awful lot of boys, you know. They have an awful lot of I feel. They've an awful lot of individuals going forward. Yeah, yeah. Olise and Eze, you know, um, Zaha, Edward, isn't it Edward that went down there from Celtic? Yeah. And they feel a bit like they're individuals. They've you know, like, like I never look at Palace and go, oh, Eze, Olise, 
Edward or whatever, whatever tree line up in front and go, oh, they look like a front tree. You don't consider that. You see, you always think of, oh, at least I might do something on his own or as I might do. Or they never feel like a unit for me. In midfield, they'll fight, they'll scrap defensively, they, they'll they'll be well organised under, under Hodgson anyway. Zaha has been in and out injury wise. When he plays and when he's when he's motoring. They're better. They're better. He's, for me, he's an excellent player. Okay, yeah. well, anyone said he's an excellent player. Well, Pete, you're getting hammered here now because the dyslexic polyglot says, come on, lads, he called Northampton formidable. So dislikable as a Liverpool <laughs> manager. Hodgson is like Tyler all does a certain job, but you don't brag about it. Um, he also, Jono says he also said that Liverpool were not too big to get relegated. I remember that one as well. Yeah, I remember. I'll never forgive him for that. But yeah. listen, if you only judge the man off what he did, of course you think he's terrible. But I oh, don't... No. I, I, listen, I don't give a fuck what he's doing, but I just find it hilarious that Crystal Palace as a club... Now, it might turn out well, and I think it will, but Crystal Palace as a club went... We went with Vieira, youngish youngish manager. He's probably 50, is he? Vieira, somewhere around that age, right? No, 46, 47. He's not. Yeah, yeah. Is he's he? 70, 76 he was born in. Okay, so 46, 47, right? <clears throat> and they've gone... Right, we've gone for the youth-ish manager... It didn't work that time where it was a Ronald or Frank the bar was one of the bars. Do you remember he turned up and he was appalling, right? And he went, let's go for the polar opposite. Right? <laughs> and the only, I'd say the two people the interview with the job was Attenborough and Hodgson. <laughs> and it turns out Hodgson got the nod. That's what I'm reckoning happened, right? Or Doc Cotton. I don't fucking know if Doc it's answered smart, the phone call. But, but what I'm saying is, Palace just decided, <laughs> fuck that, find the oldest person we can, right? <laughs> well, we're knocking this youth shit on the head, and we're going for Hudson, we're going for fucking Doc Cotton, or we're going for David Attenborough. <laughs> whoever answers that phone first, whoever answers it within five rings gets the job. Hodgson's in the shed, cleaning out all the old paint, and the phone rings, he fucking answers it like a light, and he gets the job. That's what I think happened. Um, I think, I think the, the, the thing is, like, the, the next four fixtures are all against teams around them. They've got, I think, they're playing Leeds at the weekend. They've got Southampton, they've got Everton, they've got West Ham. That's the next four. I mean, they've done get... 40 points. If they get three more wins, they're up. Yeah, they're 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 they win the four, then Hodgson can literally just... It's it's a, a pipe and slippers job until the end of the season for him, essentially. Yeah. It's mid-table... It's mid table obscurity which is why he absolutely you know is uh it's right in his wheelhouse it's what he's known for i mean let's let's be honest go on go on like we we we've got a very personal thing when it comes to roy hodgson and that and that absolute saga but outside of the liverpool fan base i think if you ask most people they would say he's done a reasonable job over his managerial career i'm not saying he hasn't but it's just the age thing for me. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, in fairness to him, he's not afraid to go back to previous encounters, right? Because didn't he have a scrap with the Watford mascot while he was Palace manager? And he went and, and then he then he went and managed Watford. And then when he got relegated with Watford, it was actually at Selhorse Park. And he was waving to all the Crystal Palace fans after the game. And it was like, this is fucking truly amazing. Um, so, listen, Roy Hodgson is the winner of the weekend. I, he, I think he might keep um, Palace up. And, definitely, um, definitely will. Yeah, I think he will. Thirty points, nine games to go, or whatever it is. If he wins three, like, 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 but if you look down there, right, Leicester currently sit on on 20, ten games to go on twenty six points. That'll be fine, right? They might be fine, right? Depending on who they bring in, and we might talk. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, right? But Southampton just feel like they can't get over. 
But there's no way you're telling me that these the two of these teams down there at the moment in the bottom three are going to pick up 14 points in the next 10 games. Just now, it doesn't happen. You think it's going to happen, but it doesn't. They all just keep getting... Not when they're playing each other. Not when they're playing each other. Oh, I know, but then all it takes is one two draws elsewhere and it just null and voids itself. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, anyway, um, fair play to Roy. Um, and best of luck in your retirement whenever you fucking decide that you can retire. <laughs> Never happen. Uh, P... Um, yeah, do you win or are loser? I don't care. Uh, but keep it, keep it, keep it light. I suppose winners the Arsenal. Mm. I mean, it's for me. It's it's one of them seasons where everybody's rubbish. I mean, I think I, I, I tweeted at the weekend. The you know Arsenal very good, Man City excellent, everybody else shocking, Everton beyond terrible, and that's the way it's been. But when they, when you have seasons like that, you have to take advantage. And you know, with Manchester City being a little, well, not Jekyll and Hyde, they have the, the capability to bounce off sides as well. But you know, they're dropping points left, right, and centre as well. Arsenal have been consistent, and to be honest with you, I don't see anything hugely incredible personnel-wise that's ma- that would make you go well. Barring Odegaard, you know, Odegaard getting you know a huge run of games and everything kind of revolving around Martinelli's been outstanding. I, I, I have to say, he's probably a better coach than I thought he was. I thought he was a bit of a bluffer. Um, and, you know, I thought it was the money. But in fairness, he seems to know what he's doing. I tell you, I don't like the guy. You know, he's not particularly particularly warm. But you have to take advantage. You know, and I, I see a lot of tweets from Liverpool supporters like myself. And they're all thinking the same thing. Geez, what a year to be terrible. What a year to be terrible. But Arsenal, considering where they came from last year, you know, at one stage they were looking at, you know, hovering just just above the bottom three. They were absolutely horrible. I mean, the year a couple of years ago when we were romping it, they were the biggest um, kind of people preaching, biggest fan base preaching for null and void. That's how bad their season was. And he has just completely, completely turned around. And it's a testimony to actually keeping faith with somebody who knows what they're doing. You look at the way Chelsea are still behaving, you know, I don't know. I mean, Brendan's run his course. We can talk about it later. But certainly, Tottenham, you know, not giving Potter or uh, Chelsea not giving Potter his time, you know, in my view, and and probably giving him the player power because none of them players, they're all looking at him, going, "Who are you? I'm not doing that for you." So they've gotten rid of him. <laughs> I just think it's a testimony. At one stage, I remember Arteta was favourite for the chop. In fact, I thought yeah. he had been sacked. For a few hours, I think at one stage last season, it was that bad. But now they stuck with them. Um, and in fairness, they're getting what they deserve. They've been absolutely outstanding. Every time they're tested, they come through with flying colours. So for that, you know, Arsenal for me are, are my winners of the week. They've been outstanding. Hate them. Outstanding. I think they've been brilliant. Mm. I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm not a big fan of Arteta. And I've openly said I thought he was a spoofer. And sometimes that comes out in him. Sometimes I think I think he tried to spoof his way in that in that um in in that FA Cup game against uh, City where he you yeah. know made out he was naming this weak inside and then threw them all at it you know yeah. um just throw them all at it at the start get get the game won and then take them off um and then you see them at home to City in the league where they could have won the league for me just wrapped it and City beat them and beat them well um but what I will say is that and like Kevin Balls is there Arsenal taking advantage feel like they're not getting enough credit because they're fall off in City's form um, compared to the season now in fairness City are 5 points off them and Arsenal have 72 points I think after maybe 28 games mm. um, 
So they've dropped. I think they're on, still online for a ninety-nine point season. Um, if yeah, you want to win every game, right? So it's it's, it's, it's yeah. It's, but the drawing course now, definitely, definitely. But but you see the thing is right. You can say what you want about Eddie a great side. Eddie, I think if Liverpool were full blast and City were on full blast, I don't think Arsenal would live with them, right? Mm. But uh, if they were both, I don't think Arsenal would live with them. Sorry, but they're getting there, and mm. they they feel a bit like. Liverpool, 17, 18, 18, 19 to me. Whereas, mm. what would they, yes, they've taken advantage of City probably dropping off 10% for me. But that's okay. All you can do is beat what's in front of you. And when Liverpool went down and won 28 or four, 29 games or something in the league, people were like, oh, well, these were crap and they were crap. Yeah, they probably were. But Liverpool said they had to go and beat them. Um, I think the, the next challenge for Arsenal would be keeping that squad together. Because I'm, I'm still of the belief that one of Martinelli or Saka ends up at Man City. That's just one of that's a belief of mine. Um, you know, it's very hard. To, I hope, and by the way, this is me having to go with Arsenal. I hope 100% they win the league, right? I don't give a fuck about, oh, AFTV will be unbearable, or, you know, um, this fella be unbearable, or Arsenal fans are this. All fan bases are fucking unbearable. Let's yeah. be perfectly honest with you. I accept the one you support, right? Yeah. I want them to beat them cheating pricks. 100% and I'll say it and people know it anybody with Man City and I said it before I'd rather United win a league title than Man City at this stage and I mean that I absolutely mean that because as much as you say about taking advantage of this that and the other Liverpool have been robbed of league titles from these pricks and I'm t- and I don't and any Man City fan can come on and tell me you're, you're wrong I'm not I know I'm not right so Arsenal have taken advantage yes City have dropped off 10% yes from a ridiculous level right and good enough for them Liverpool have dropped off, yes, and are all making, and we'll have to rectify that. And I think if Liverpool rectify it, they'll be back in the running. They've won, game. they've won games after game after game after game, and they've gone behind and they've come back and they've won. They've had a couple of stumbles, defeats, but they've reacted to them. And if you look at them, they're well organised, um, they, they're strong in midfield, they're, they're very good going forward because them lads are just full of energy. So, yeah, are they the winner of the weekend? I don't know. Because I think once City keep winning, Arsenal have to keep winning. And, you know, City probably feel like they have to win every league game between now and the end of the season to win the title. And who would you back to do it? Probably City still over Arsenal because they have that mentality and they have that form before. They've been the course and distance. But I'm telling you now, give me Arsenal as league champions every fucking day of the week over Man City. Dicko, Arsenal. Yeah, I'm starting to come round to that view as well myself. That that I I would favour Arsenal uh, winning the league, and it, it's not just because of some of the <coughs> some of the antics from the likes of Pep at the weekends, and, and and seeing how you know that club is from top to bottom. You know, seeing a stadium with, with a team that's going for a league title less than half full with ten minutes to kick off. You know, it's just um, it is sickening when you see City. You know up close and personal when you're playing them sort of thing. Um, Arsenal, on the other hand, they are bec- I think they are becoming more likeable every week in a way. I mean, they're, they're, they actually in some ways are reminding me of the 13-14 the, the season that we had where we almost won the league. I, I know they're not as spectacular in terms of, you know, some of the the way we blew some some teams out the water, but they're winning games comfortably. You know, they've won the last three league games by three clear goals. 
you know, they're keeping up pace with when it comes to goal difference with City. You know, they're not just winning games. They're not not it's not like one nil to the Arsenal or anything like that. They're actually they're actually you know dispatching mediocre mid mid to bottom of the table teams uh, pretty easily. And you know they have got you know a lot of young up and coming players. You know you could kind of see it in previous seasons, but they've they've just seemed to have hit that perfect sort of stage of, of progressing together. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really giving them an awful lot of credit because I, I was for a long time convinced that um, they were potentially going to win this league because of everyone else's demise, including cities. But in fairness, if they carry on the pace that they're going at and they win this league with anything from 90 points above, you can only give them credit because I think any team that wins a league with 90 points, even more so than, you know, I think that will eclipse their invincible season from a points um, tally. Yeah, yeah, but their their invincible season has 12 draws in it. Yeah, yeah. They've 26 wins and 12 draws. Yeah, so it'll be more impressive. They win that league going up against City, um, you know, head-to-head, every week having the pressure applied, you know, responding, getting getting wins, you know, when when you've seen City be, you know, a, a better side the day before. You can only, you know, you can only give them uh, the credit that they'll deserve at the end of the season. And, and all of my kind of resentment towards them has kind of disappeared. Now, having said all of that, I actually fancy us to turn them over at the weekend and really put a cat amongst the pigeons because we seem to be stepping up in those kind of positions this season, you know, beating City, beating United 7-0. Um, we've got we've got a performance like that, especially off the back of some some disappointing results. So they're not home and try. They're not it was a great weekend for them in that they they showed that they could respond to the pressure being applied, playing a team that's fighting for their lives. But I think they've still got a long way to go. They've got an awful long way. And they've still got to play City again as well. They have to play City, they have to play us, both away from home. And mm-hmm. City, I, I, you, you know for a fact, City went out against Liverpool the weekend and went, win this, and then let Arsenal go to Liverpool next weekend because Liverpool are fighting for their lives to get into the top four. And Arsenal don't like Anfield. Doesn't matter how good you're playing, they don't like Anfield. No. Jono has a few here. He says, difference between them and us, Gav, we are doing it in the league, in the Champions League, fair point. Mm-hmm. Arsenal doing it in the league. Let's see how they handle the Champions League next season when they have to play every three days. Very, very good point. But what I would say to you is, they've, that's where the advantage, that's where I think they're taking the advantage. I think if you look at the second place team, City are on for about 96 points, I think, or 94 points. So it's not like City are massively dropping off. 94 points is a hell of a haul. It's just because what Liverpool and, and, and City have done over the last couple of years. You know, City have done 100. Liverpool done 99 and took the last seven games off. Liverpool have done, you know, 97. It's just the standard up there. And it is. You have to be 90 plus now to win a league. And if Arsenal are 90 plus and win it, fair play. But he also says, and by the way, fuck Arsenal. They were cheering City's goals against Villa last season at their stadium. Let's see <laughs> win means nothing anyway. I completely get that. But I I promise you, I fucking promise you, if Man City win the league this season, right, and the following season, that same scenario is coming, a lot of Arsenal fans will change that tune. The only reason I'm saying that to you, or saying it to you that I want Arsenal to win, it's, that's just tribalism or whatever else it wants to be. And 
Arsenal fans worry that a real football club will win something, right? Yeah. They're not bothered by Man City, right? We're the opposite. At times we might might go, ah, oh, let City win it. You know what I mean? It's nothing. But now we're of we're of no, hold on, don't let them win it. Because they've stopped us doing it. So instead of us taking this easy way out and going, oh, let's see you win a fuck and let everyone else see what it's like, you can't, two wrongs don't make a right. And that's what I think about it. So I'll take yeah. Arsenal all day, every day. And But I agree with you on the whole Champions League stuff. I think that's a, that's a very, very yeah. fair point. Huge factor. Um, <clears throat> who, who, have, what, lads, Whisper is the losers to me. Who, who are they? Um, well, we can we can save a whole segment for Brendan Rodgers. Oh, well, that's it. what I'm trying to get through the, the, the losers. I, want, as we go. I, want, I wanted yeah. to change my I wanted to change my loser really to 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 um, Arthur. Um, oh yes, you've changed the Arthur, the Liverpool player. Yeah. And who would you yeah. got? P. Mine are Everton. But you had Everton. I told you. I know. That, to that, it was between Everton and Spurs, to be honest with you, because look, I'll tell you what, I'll stick with right, Spurs. No, 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 I'll, I'll tell you what, what, let's have let's have, let's have an Everton slash Spurs chat. Yeah, right. We'll we get on I, to I, Arthur um, and right, then we'll hit Brendan Rodgers with everything we have. The reason I would have switched to Spurs is never in my life have I ever seen a side or a group of men, a group of players fail to react to basically having their pants pulled down by a man who's been with them for a year and a half in Antonio Conte. Imagine going out. I mean, if somebody says you've no bottle, you've no you've no resolve, you don't have any chutzpah, you've no ganas, you, you don't want to win anything, you don't have the, the will to win, the first thing you're going out, doesn't matter who it's against, you're either winning or you're kicking lumps out of people. Sports do neither. And tonight they go 1-0 up. Harry Kane does his usual, throws, throws himself around the ground and holds his face, gets somebody t- taken off, uh, sent off, then scores <coughs> a penalty, and then they just decide to stop playing. And you could actually see, not smell it or sense it, you can see the fear. They sit off against the worst 10 players in the Premier League, in Everton. It's incredible cowardice. I mean, everything that Antonio Conte has said, I mean, if you feel sorry for him. He, he's a serial winner, both as a player and as a manager. And he's had to sit with them. I don't know. I feel. I don't know. I feel sorry for him because you're saying he I has do, to sit I with do. them, right? Well, but he knew what he was. He knew what he was going into, and yeah, he, but he's he, brought a few of these players in. Yeah, and he hasn't at times. Yeah, but at times, Pete, like he goes away to Burnley last year and gets beaten, and he throws the biggest fucking strop, right after the game. Now I have no problem with a manager coming out and going, it "Wasn't good enough." End the fucking story. Right. And but then you walk in and you absolutely start smashing the place up with the players in there. I have no issue with that. With Conte, and Kev O'Sullivan asked a question very early on, which I'll ask in a few minutes. With Conte, for me, he knew what he was getting into. He probably knows it doesn't suit him. And Levy knows it doesn't suit him. But they want, because of the the, the stadium, the need to be in the Champions League, the cost of all this, they need someone that's just going to win and go, I'll get you Champions League. It won't be nice. It mightn't last, but I'll get you in the Champions League. And that's exactly how it's played out. Like, we, like let's be honest, Pete. Me, you, and the dog on the street knew this was going to play out like this. It was just a matter of time, no? Yeah, to be yeah. fair. Okay. He was never, he was never ever going to be Mr. Tottenham, let's be honest. But I prefer to see somebody, and I don't know why they do somebody like a Graham Potter go in there and let Tottenham play football the way, the way they're supposed to play football. It's all they understand. It's like you say, even when sports are kind of challenging for things and it's not pretty, they're not happy. I mean, listen, I did my coaching badges at Tottenham and my ex... Was a, was a massive Tottenham fan, so I was there all the time for two or three years between 2008 and 2011. And 
if they're not, they were when Monday Ramos came in at that time, and they were smashing people in pre-season. They were looking at the football, going, "This is this ain't this ain't going to be pretty." They were when Harry came in then, and it was just knocking the ball around. They crept up the table. They were, you know, they they just enjoy the football. I've never, I haven't seen a group of fans that genuinely don't care about the. Not that they don't care about the results. They genuinely cared about the style of football more so than even trophies. Maybe because they're not used to winning them. But they really, it's if you're not playing the right football, when Ozzy Ardiles, for example, when we were kids, was in charge, they were like pigs in shite. They loved it. They had five up front before anybody ever tried that. They were getting beaten 5-4. They were winning 4-3. And they loved it. None of them ever talked about, or talk about league tables, position. They just, they still to this day talk about Darren Anderton, Jorgen Klinsmann, Teddy Sheringham, you know, the Tottenham, the Tottenham way. That massive front mm. five that made you really enjoy the game. And you kind of have to go fair play to them. They're kind of old school that way. But, you know, Conte, you're, you're dead right. Conte was never going to fit in. You know, it was never going to be. I mean, any club would be like, yeah, let's just play Champions League every year, see how it goes, but not them. So, but because, in my view, he's so right about calling them a bunch of cowards. I think that's why I was going to switch to them being losers. But Everton, for me, you know, when you look at their spend, Gav, when you look at the amount of money that they spent, you know, not above board. And when you look at look at how bad as well, for the same reasons as you'd look at Arsenal, except inverted. The league is so bad that it's set up for Everton, with all the investment they've made on the park, to at least bother the top six to eight. But, I mean... They just continue to do the things that it's almost like they're a parody of themselves. Let's get the least, the least qualified man. It, we've seen him not being able to manage at Derby County. Yeah, Liverpool fans and Liverpool don't like him, so he'll do for us. He gets us. They are, for me. They're just that. They're just the biggest bunch of losers I've ever seen. When you consider when we were kids, they really were a diamond threat. I mean, you dreaded that game. You dreaded. You were. I was afraid of them. You know, I was afraid of them. You look at them now, they're a party. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. what they The things they celebrate, I've ne- you'll never see a bigger fall from grace in football. Never. Okay. Um, Dicko, we spoke a bit about everything earlier, so I'm going to put this to you from Kevin mm-hmm. Sullivan. He says, a straw poll, and people in the chat can, can vote on it as well. Who has the harder job? The new Chelsea boss or the new Spurs boss? Because I have no idea, he says. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good point. It's a really good question. Um, God, I mean, in some ways, I think Chelsea's the biggest, the bigger mess. I mean, the, the transfer policy has been all over the shop. You know, they, they just seem to sign players for the sake of it. And uh, there seems to be no coherent sort of plan or strategy. I, I think... I think they've probably got a bit a bigger job to do to actually bring something you know together. They're still hanging on to the likes of Havertz and Sterling, you know, as transfers that clearly haven't worked. Um, you know, they they brought in what Enzo Fernandez and um, the other fellow Modric, and again that would seem to be for, for the sake of signing players. Um, you know, the, 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 even the keeper situation now seems to be yo-yoing and stuff. So, like, it's, um, yeah, I think Chelsea is an absolute mess. I mean, it's amazing, really. You know, you're talking about one of the last eight in the Champions League. 
let, let's not forget. I mean, you know, in I know they're playing Real Madrid, but you just never know with these things. You know, they, they could find themselves stumbling into the semi-finals. Um, it, it would just be absolutely amazing. On the other hand, <clears throat> I think Tottenham, in a way, you know, I, I don't think they're a million miles away. I, I think it's more a mentality thing with them. You know, I think they've they've got the they've got the sort of They've got the personnel almost. I don't think that squad is 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 awful. I, I think it's more than capable of delivering top four. Um, I just think you need someone to come in with, with and instill the belief and 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 have a bit of faith in in the players. And um, yeah, I think the right man for the job can can you know can steady and right that ship far quicker than I think turning around the mess at Chelsea and also I mean I know obviously Daniel Levy isn't the easiest owner but like that Todd Bowley fella just doesn't he just seems to be all over the shop and he seems to interfere in in ways that you just you just don't you just don't want him um, getting involved I have visions of him sitting at a slot machine right and just (laughs) pulling the handle like yeah dude Todd Todd come here listen what do you reckon with this fella? And he just goes, hold on. He just pulls the hand and he goes, yes. <laughs> Fucking go 20 million over the number and don't sell anybody. Like, And then the next reel comes around and it's like, yeah, go 10 million over the number, but um, still sell nobody. You know what I mean? Like he's fucking, like the third reel on the slap machine is fucked and Todd doesn't give a bollocks, right? Um, <clears throat> for me... I think, Todd, I think Todd Bowley would pick the phone up to Ted Lasso and try and get him in there. I mean, <laughs> or, or like Boyden, just ring Boyden and go. Well, if Palace are doing it, fuck that. Like, why just Boyden get him in? You know what I mean? Um, you know, mad stuff. But for me, does excuse your excuses for in both clubs are lined up for you, right? Chelsea is a mad, mad, mad shop. They're obviously just buying players off the rack. And, you know, we don't care if your managers are not, right? Um, Easier to get players in at Chelsea, yeah, because they'll probably spend more. But I look at that Chelsea team and I'm kind of going, who are these fellas, right? Where did you fucking play? And there's no way Potter was buying them. No fucking way was he buying them, right? Um, And I said it from the start, Potter should have never went there. He wanted a big job, I fully get that. But he would have been much better at sports because the expectation wouldn't have been as high on him. He probably would have got more time. And he does play a nice brand of football. But he likes to progress a club as well. At Spurs, your excuses are there for you in the fact that Levy's mad. Um, there's talk of um, them wanting to sell a minority share. They have the stadium that they have to pay for. Of course, they were taking out big loans during COVID. So yeah. there's a lot. Then you have the fact that, well, Mourinho and Conte done this to me squad. and This is what I was left with. It's not what I do. So there's loads of excuses there for any manager going in and a payday at the end of it, let's be honest. With, with both of them, though, um, when you look at both of them, dare I say a Chelsea need a Mourinho. <laughs> and I mean that. And I'm not saying go and get him tomorrow. I'm someone like Mourinho. They need someone that is going to go, oh, I'll spend your money, but I'll be ruthless. And people think always, oh, no, Mourinho signed you, older players, blah, 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 blah. Mourinho only does that when he's limited with funds. Go back to 2004 when he was signing him. He was signing Damien Duff. He was signing um, Joe Cole. He doesn't sign Frank Lampard. Um, but but he signs Drogba at 23 years of age. Arian Robin. He, he's signing them all 
where they're about to hit that prime and he knows his machine is going to kick off because he knows he's unlimited spend and he's willing to take the chances on these younger fellas and if they don't work he'll move them on and bring someone in like when De Bruyne um, I don't know if you saw in Salah but you know they Chelsea needs someone like that they need someone that's absolutely ruthless right to go along with this fella that's fucking the fruitcake right Spores needs someone that comes in and goes I know the limitations here but I'm only taking the job if I get three years to sort this out. Three years to put my stamp on it. And at the start of the fourth year, if I lose the first 10 games of the season, by all means, sack me. But there's no point in going and doing this fucking gig and this jig every single season or every two seasons for sports. Because A, they don't have the financial capabilities to keep it up. And B, they don't have a fan base that has in any way, like P said, if you're not playing good football, they don't want to know. So, you need to bring someone in where they go, not a yes man, because people think, oh, if they come in, they're getting a yes man. Not that. Someone that comes in and says, I think they should be all over your man at Brentford, right? For the reason being, he comes in and he says to Spurs, yeah, I'm stepping up from Brentford. Fine. But I've done a long-term thing here at Brentford, right? Where it's gone from possibly League One right through to the Premier League. We've kept us in league, the league. We're up in eighth or ninth at the minute. But I want to bring that into Spurs where we go from fifth or sixth and we might go we might go sixth, fifth, fifth, but then we make the top four. And when we make the top four, we're ready. Spurs always feel like they're not ready. They get into that top four and they go, they're the Champions League, but they're not ready. Because straight away you look at their squad and you go, not good enough. And they don't have the money to go and spend it. And it's all about arriving at that destination ready with all your bags. You know, they haven't left it on the runway. It's all about arriving at that destination with your bags intact. And Spurs don't feel like that to me. So I don't know who's going to go where. But yeah, it's mad, isn't it? it, 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 it it's two very, there, very curious jobs for me. Yeah, I think what you touch on there around you know Thomas Frank and and managers stepping up from clubs like that. I think Potter, I think Potter's now a cautionary tale, really, both for the manager and I think it might put off some clubs as well trying to 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 bring you know a, a manager who's elevated someone into a, a position in the league above what you would normally expect. Um, and I think. You know, with, from the manager's perspective, you've got you've got to really take stock of what you what you what you build and where you're at, and 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 whether it's worth taking that risk to go and leave all that behind and go into you know a, a, a madhouse of a, a club like a Chelsea or a Tottenham, um, and risk everything you know your reputation, mm. everything you've achieved think, at a club like Brentford. I think I think the Chelsea one is a cautionary tale. Because you're going in their way, you're not signing the players, and you're literally going from like Potter's gone from twelfth in the Premier League, just like call it that as an average position, right? To we want to be number one, which is absolutely fine with a certain structure, but we want to be number one. And there's a fella over here, and he's just signing fucking players, right? And they're just going to drop them on your door. That never works, mm. never works, right? Just doesn't, right? Oh no, but he, I just trained the team, and they give me all the players. Will you stop it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you like me saying I drive a forklift and you bring a pallet truck to me every fucking day, it doesn't work. It doesn't do the same things that I wanted to do. Um, so I think they have two very curious jobs. It'll be interesting to see who goes for them. And I think both of them might leave it at the end of the season to make any decision on it, to see exactly mm -hmm. where they are. Because if things are to be believed, Chelsea need to start balancing books and balancing them fucking quick. You know what I mean? Um, they thought they were cute at the start, but 
it's it's a bit it's a bit shaky. No, I suppose um, we'll do what they always do lately under Daniel. They'll panic. They're probably talking to Pochettino already because they want to try and salvage the Champions League spot. And I think that the smart the smart thing is you look at with Chelsea. You look at the personnel that they've got, and you think of okay, if someone like a Conte um, is available, if, for example, if he'd have made that speech about Chelsea players. He'd have gotten a different reaction from them because you, you're, it's a different set of guys who are more secure. You know, the likes of Kovacevic and even young Havertz would think, okay, you want to say that about me? I'm going to show you that I'm world class. These guys can do that for six or seven weeks before they'll have another defeat. So they'll probably revert, as you, you guys are saying, they'll revert to type, which is a smart thing to do. Chelsea's type is we've got a bunch of arseholes, 22 of them to be exact. So we need an arsehole manager, you know, in the mold of a Jose Mourinho who's available. And Spurs need a gardener, somebody who can really... There's a lot of fragile and damaged people in that squad. Oh, look at, for example, um, Son. Son, for me, is the best player by a mile Spurs have, but he's been a shadow of himself. He's not the type of young player that can be attacked by somebody like Conte and survive it. He needs to be told... He's still off a great kid. You're doing, even though he's 29, you're a great lad. You're doing your job, la la la. They have a lot of fragile people, it seems, um, and that's spores all over. So they need somebody in there, like a Potter, who wouldn't be a threat to them. They wouldn't look at him and go, "He was a great player, so I better react here." Or he's been a great manager. They'll go, "This fella's kind of going to be in awe of me, so he'll encourage my talents." So they'll yeah, revert. But, to- but the problem you have there is, P, is that if you brought in a Potter to, to spores and spores players had that, had that feeling on them that's a massive problem because yeah. straight away your manager isn't giving the respect and at the flick of a button whoever in that dressing room the whole sway can just turn a toxic whenever they feel like it yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you know harry kane wants to leave right now he's out with contract not mm. this season the next season isn't it harry kane wants to leave this summer no we're not we're not selling you turn a toxic just flick yeah. the switch yeah. flick it and that's where the problem is but it's not only about the manager that comes in it's about what the club tell everybody you know, if 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 your man, what's his name off uh, Brentford? Thomas Frank. Yeah, if he shows up, people will go, well, Brentford, we'll play. But if the, if the club go to the players and go, listen, we're doing this over the next three to four years. He's going to be here. And if you want to be part of it, great. If you don't and you want to be a prick about it, off you go. Because yeah. we're literally cleaning out here. And I think if someone else said it there, the first thing they should do was probably get rid of Kane and do a rebuild from there. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, it's, a, it's it's that much of a reach because Harry Kane. I always have this argument with Shawnee over Harry Kane. Shawnee to say, "Ah, listen, once he's scoring goals in the Premier League, he won't give a fuck." But I have this thing in my head where Harry Kane. Do you remember when it was even talk of him leaving to Man City? The sports fans were like, "Fuck you!" Do you know what I mean? We don't care what you've done for us. That kind of sits in the back of my head where Harry Kane might go, "You know what? I'm going to fucking stay here, and I'm going to do the three or four years with this manager." And it hasn't happened for me in the last fucking 10 years. But my legacy would be amazing if I'd done three more years here and at the end of it got a trophy and put this next squad onto the next plateau or wherever you want to be. But then part of me does go, does it just go United? Bang goals every week. Yeah. Bar the chance of winning stuff. Because <coughs> he, he wants that share of record. I think his best move would be Bayern Munich. Because forget goal scoring records, right? He goes to Bayern Munich, he gets, he's guaranteeing himself three league titles probably a couple of cups over there and he if he might win a four year deal if he signs a four year deal he gets four goals at the Champions League mm. do you know what I mean yeah. he's in a bit of a Stevie G dilemma though isn't he really he's at, he's at that point where he can 
be a lifetime, you know, legend and whatnot, or he can turn his back on the club and they probably will. They pro- it probably will be a scenario where it'll really sour, you but know. If, but if Spurs, won, if Spurs won a cup this season or Europa League or whatever the fuck they're in, right? Mm. And then he went, people go, look, he's won a trophy with us. We haven't won a trophy since 2009, I think it is. You yeah. know, fair play to him. He's given us everything. You know, he's the, he's our top scorer ever. He wants that Premier See, the Premier League top scorer thing is the big one, where he could go to United and probably get to it quicker with a chance of, tro- with a chance of trophies. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's the sports one is a bit all over the place. But anyway, anyway um, we've 10 minutes to go. Um, and Brendan Rodgers stays at Leicester City are over. Um, beaten by <laughs> Roy Attenborough Hodgson at the weekend. Um, goal up, lose 2 1. And it's about fucking time, Dick. I'm going to say it. It's about <laughs> how has he lasted that long with the squad he has? Because Graham Potter is linked with going in there. I think Graham Potter goes in there tomorrow and says, Right, um, let's do our best of the weekend, but I'm going to get a full weekend to use then for the next one. I think he pulls clear there. No problem. The squad they have is far superior than anything else down there. And um, Rogers is just there treading water and thumbs up to people and clapping them and all. And, and how has he lasted that long, Dicko? Well, yeah, <clears throat> he looked at early part of the season. I think we were we were, we were were discussing who was going to go first. Was it going to be Stevie G or was it going to be Brendan Rodgers? Um, ended up being Scott Parker, didn't it, after we, after we won? Yeah. Stevie, Stevie G didn't last... That much longer. It was toss of a coin, really, at the start of the season. They were on a, a horrendous run. Um, he seemed to kind of rally the troops a bit, and they, you know, obviously they pulled themselves up, up the table um, a little bit. But the last the last few weeks, they've been absolutely dire, uh, you know. Uh, and they've shown, you know, they've they've capitulated a few times. I watched that United game where, in fairness, they could have been a couple of goals up, and then um, they just. You know, once once they hit a bit of adversity, they were nowhere to be seen. Um, yeah, the squad the squad's kind of in tatters a little bit. There's there's still one or two nice players. I, I, mean, I think there's some really good Barnes, players. Harvey Barnes is a nice player. I mean, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't say no to him. Uh, Madison's still at a decent level. Um, you know, obviously Vardy's coming towards the, the twilight of his he career. Seems to, he seems to have phased him out. Yeah, he, he doesn't play as much. Would you look at Dewsbury Hall, you know, uh, does, does players there, Pereira, right back, Castagna's a good yeah, player. Yeah, but the, goal, <laughs> the goalkeeper situation has oh, bit well. them on this yeah. season. Yeah. I mean, you know, but, Schmeichel. But the, so guy the, week, the guy of the weekend makes three or four really good saves. Yeah. You know, to yeah. keep them ahead. Yeah. And then he just can't do anything about the goals, in fairness to him. But, like, Pete, I'm going to ask you both the same question after this one, but... Pete, were you surprised he lasted that long? Yeah, because I think Brendan... He, he always comes, sorry, he always comes across as a man to me that if this mm. is going badly, I'm going to struggle massively right. to turn it around. Because, right. because do you remember he, he had about eight formations in that cup semi-final against Aston Villa? <laughs> and now he's just decided I'm going the complete opposite and I'm not changing anything. You know what I mean? And he just, yeah. same, 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 and players just get bored. I just think Brendan is one of them fellas that goes up to a boardroom, speaks to the directors and convinces them that he's right. He's a very, very strong, strong personality. I mean, you look at what he's done at Celtic. I mean, I know everybody looks at Scottish football and thinks... But Celtic fans are absolutely thrilled at this news for anything no, I've seen online course, as well. Of course, but he's a very... When he was there, the thing about Brendan is when he's on your side, 
I mean, I remember when we had him and, you know, we was putting it up to Pep and it was, you know, all the money and, you know, and then you see the documentary. When he's on your side, that style, you kind of buy into it and you go, yeah, in Brendan we trust and all this. But then when you kind of look at look at it through the rear view, you just think it's a lot of bluff. And a lot of what Brendan is, for me, Brendan's an academy coach. He's one of them that's used to, and I always look at where fellas come from and where they were strong. So he starts off really at Reading, you know, in control of a lot of promising kids. You know, and I think that shapes your own dynamic for the way you approach football. It's about control. It's about, you know, people in their formative years. It's not really about dealing with adults. The way he deals with Raheem Sterling, for example, at Liverpool, it's, it's car crash stuff. You don't deal with humans, adults like that in a way. You might deal with a 14-year-old in that way. So that tells me everything I need to know about Brendan. So when it's working and when you're winning games, you go, Jesus, he's some man. Some dude. But when you're losing games, it's like, no. But... And that's what I think the miracle is of him staying so long because I'm amazed that the Jamie Vardy's of this world who's not playing and some of the senior players haven't gone upstairs and, and went, listen, I've won a Premier League medal. This fella hasn't. I want them gone. What the fuck is going on? Usually you'd get that. But he survived that for long enough and look at where they are. So I think Brendan is a product of his own. You know, he's a, you know he has all the slogans and all the, you know, all the chat. And he gets away with it for a long time. And you must remember, an awful lot of chairmen, sadly, aren't football people. You know, they can't smell the bullshit sometimes coming. They look at the table and they watch the crowds and they see people protest and they see the figures go down financial and then they make a, they make a move. But as you're in the 15th and Brendan is coming up to your room saying, don't worry, this is happening, that's happening, but we'll turn it around. We have Tielemans, we have all these guys and they're all... And you listen to, oh, yeah, okay, Brennan, we'll give it another six weeks, see how it goes. You just, you run, when you, when, the minute you hit that bottom tree, you know, you get away with it. Oh, you stop getting away with it, really, especially at Leicester. Um, Taurus says, when uh, Gav was drinking, when he heard the Rogers news, I'll never forgive his treatment of Gerard or the Reds B team and the rest of the players and still lost the next league game. Um, and Andy Kaufman, Andy Kaufman says, um, Gav hates Rogers, why so passionate? <coughs> When Brendan Rodgers got the Liverpool job, I was all for it. Because I thought Liverpool needed a new direction. Stop yeah. all this, you know, boot room stuff. It's too romantic. We need to, we need a clean slate here beyond what you think is a clean slate, right? I loved them at Liverpool. I loved them in 13, 14. 12, 13 was an okay season, but you could see where he was trying to build. 13, 14, absolutely brilliant, right? I can't fault them whatsoever. I don't care if people want to bring up all oh, the sub he made or a player he played. You cannot fault them for 13-14 under any circumstances. 14-15, funnily enough, Roy Hodgson screws them over by injuring, by overtraining Daniel Sturridge um, at a international break in the August. Liverpool had gone to um, Spurs on one 2 nil Balotelli had played. And Sturridge was great. And he specifically told England, don't overtrain him. And he did. And Sturridge came back and was never the same player. Right from August 2014 to the time he left Liverpool in June 2019, I think it was. Right, it's 14-15 that does it for me. He should have left that club when they were beating six one away at Stoke. It's still bad. End of fucking story. You yeah. can say what you want about Real Madrid. You can say what you want about what he was taught to wear behind it. It was mental at the time, but he was trying to get himself into top four, and we've seen. Klopp do it where he puts his eggs in the Europa League basket right and that's fine you, you, I can forgive that to a certain stage but I understand people going well we're Liverpool going to the Bernabeu you don't do that I, I see both sides of the argument right but you give them some sort of benefit to do 
But when that man manages Liverpool in Gerrard's last home league, or league game, by the way, the week before they were beating 3-1 at home by Palace, they go to Stoke and they're fucking 5-0 down at half-time, I think it was, right? And they're 6-1, right? To the point where the Stoke players pulling up to try to let Gerrard go through and score a goal because they feel fucking bad for him, right? <laughs> and he stays in the job. He fucks all the staff under the bus in order to keep his own job and brings other people in and is shit again, right? And still doesn't have the grace to turn and say, this isn't it. I should have went. Enough's enough. He didn't. He waited and waited and waited, right, for him to be the man where, oh, they got rid of me. He still didn't have the grace and that's why I don't like fucking Brendan Rodgers. He turns up at Celtic then where I was surprised he got it. Turns up and tells you it's his dream job. Celtic is his fucking dream job. And Leicester fucking City come. Now remember, Celtic are on a run here to go 10 in a row, which is yeah. Rangers and Celtic both have nine in a row. Celtic from the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. 67. Rangers done it. Rangers done it from the early mid 80s up to the early 90s. Right? Yeah. Sorry, no, the late 80s to the, to the late 90s mm-hmm. because Celtic stopped them on the final day in 98 from doing 10, yeah. right? And he turns up there and he has the whole club in his hands. And their song was about Brendan Rodgers leading them to 10 in a row. And he would have done it. And straight straight away, more cameras on me, more attention I'm gone for Leicester City. No disrespect to Leicester City. They're in a better league. They're they're more funded. But if he'd have done 10 in a row at Celtic, I I promise you, he could have just decided that he wanted to visit fucking Roy Hodgson once a week to discuss Ron Seal Varnish and is there any good if it's out of date for years and lived off it. As an, the, the biggest legend, apart from probably Jockstein at Celtic, and he didn't. He ran for the fucking hills. And he's tried to run from the hills at Leicester as well, by the way, right? For, for Spurs and Arsenal when they're in bad times. And I promise you now, he'll go and he'll fucking lure himself, he'll lure a club in here somewhere. And I just don't like him. And that's the reasons why. It's actually not because of football results, really. Yeah, it's, it's one him. football result. It's, who he it's is. him. And yeah. I loved him. But then I seen another side of him where I just despise him. No, you're right, Gav. You're right. You're right. It's it's the Brent. It's uh, Brennan's about Brennan. You know, Brennan's about Brennan. He thinks he's he's entitled to. You know, I think he was he, was he uh, he was at Chelsea as well. I think Chelsea rubbed off on him. Do you know what I mean? He still has a lot of Chelsea scum on him. To be quite honest with you. No, you're right. You're right. He, he, you know, does that smarm off? He's a smarmy bastard. To be fair. Patty yeah. says, um, Gav, you can't blame Roy on Sturridge's injuries. Uh, the kid has a career full of them prior to the Chelsea days. No, ah. Patty. The story behind that was is that he was released to go to England and he was told to be put on a dedicated training, you know, setup that Liverpool had him in to keep him fit and not to overdo him. And England completely ignored it. And he comes back with it. I think it might be in a groin or a hamstring. And genuinely, for five years, is not the same player off the back of that injury. You know what I mean? I know he had got injuries. But just treat him properly, I mean, he mightn't have. And that really fucking got to me there. Anyway. I thought but, um, Daniel was the best natural finisher we had since Robbie Fowler, to be honest yeah. with you. you Jono says, says, would rather win the FA Cup of Leicester than win 10 in a row at Celtic. I don't know if you mean you would rather, Jono. No, he wouldn't. would. Brendan would, yeah. Brendon would, maybe. I don't know if you yeah. you feel that, Jono, but I promise you. And you, I think Jono's Irish anyway, so he probably knows. You win 10 in a row at Celtic and, like, that's it. Like, statues. They're fucking. They're, they're carving out buildings in the city, which are facing it. You know what I mean? It's like Rushmore. Like it's it's ridiculous. Um, My prediction on Brendan is. I was gonna. Um, that's the question I was gonna ask. So I'll let you go first, and then P. Where do you think he ends up? 
I think I think Roy does the job <laughs> till the season. I think he ends up at Palace. You think he ends up at Palace after yeah. Roy sorts everything out? After Roy finally goes off into the sunset, age seventy-seven, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. yeah. That's an Palace. interesting one because I don't know if it suits him. Mm. I think, I think, in his own mind, I think he wants a club where he can win and go. Let's spend fifty million on that fella. I, the I, I week, let's spend thirty on that fella. I think he wants to be in that. He wants to be at the big boys' table, and I don't mean in the in the sense of the biggest clubs. Mm. You know, I think he'd absolutely snap your hand off to go to Newcastle because yeah, it's the, the, you know, Newcastle it's it's that it's, that it's that it's that sort of. Here's Brendan Rodgers. Like I can guarantee, if he ends up in Newcastle, right, he'd be on the t- the fucking time bridge or wherever wherever the big thing is up there, right? Or the what's that <laughs> Angel of the North thing or whatever with like fucking with Messi, you know, with the with the Newcastle. It'd be all about Brendan. It'd be all about Brendan the signings and. It, I don't think it's the biggest club he wants to go to. I think he wants to be seen as being in the race. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and you know, being in the race for all the big players and look at me, I'm, I'm Brendan Rodgers, you know. Uh, but I he may end up at Palace. Um, I think he might just have to restore his reputation a little bit and then he, he potentially at Palace for a couple of years and the stars align for him to end up at maybe Newcastle. I don't know. Um, Still young there, enough. A few there have said, uh, there was one in particular said, do you reckon um, Moyes will get sacked by West Ham and he'll end up there? Oh, I could see him there because I think West Ham will throw finances at it and it's in London and it's a bit fucking snazzy. Snazzier than Palace. You know, the bigger stadium. It's all about perception. Exactly. That's what he's ended up with. But yeah, where, would you, where would you think? I think uh, Brendan has a band of clubs, I agree with you. So the likes of Newcastle, Aston Villa, um, Tottenham. Maybe West Ham at a stretch, you know, with the financial situation. Someone like a Wolves, someone that are underperforming but are well financed. Brendan wouldn't, Brendan won't go down and have to deal with kids to bring them back to because the way he sees it, that's a that's two or three steps backwards. He won't want to have to, he wouldn't want to go to a Brentford and play money ball, for example. That'd be beneath his perception of himself, even though it might suit who he is and it might suit the coach that he pertains to be to be honest with you but no some asleep and joined where they're where they're throwing 50 60 million at a portuguese legend brendan would love a wolves look at all of the individual moving parts at wolves for example and the money that's been pumped in for all these portuguese players that would suit brendan down to the ground because he he in fairness that's the sort of job that he would do well but me my only thing on that would be is that um who's your man that's running wolves um the agent fella yeah What's his yeah, name? He's a big, big time agent. Right. His name's gone completely in my head. But but I don't know if Brendan will be all right with that. Because that means that Brendan isn't calling the shots. Brendan wants to stand there as the head of this club that are going, we can do this, we have that clout, we have this. You know, name up in lights. That's what he wants. Mm. And I don't know if the club there right for him. You know, um, John says, I know in Ireland you have a fondness for Celtic, but that league is absolutely shy. It's the same at PSG, one ten around France, who cares? Um yeah, there's a massive support for Celtic in, in Ireland. Me personally, I'd watch Celtic if they're on the telly, I, but I wouldn't be. I'm a big Celtic fan. Well, I tell you, know. you the way your man Ange Postaloglu has them playing, I watch them every week. I mean, yeah, no, they're, they're really, they're really, they're really good. But but the thing is, it's not the same if if PSG won ten in a row because there's no. two clubs up there that go for each other most seasons, right? And that's the thing. And Jono, tell you what to do: go to Glasgow, right? For and you don't even have to go to the game, just go be around the city of Glasgow on the weekend of a 
of a Celtic Rangers game and you'll see what it means. It's off the fucking charts. Um, Mendez is the name of the guy it was. Um, and that's that's where he left. That's where he left. Yeah. You know? I mean I've been I've been to I've been to Celtic Rangers a few times at night a night time game at Celtic Park and I wasn't lucky enough to get a ticket in the Irish end, you know. But basically most fans that are, are watching the game they sp- divide that time between watching the match and watching the Irish end. They're just even regular Celtic are just in awe of what comes across from Ireland. It's like you know, it's like a jungle of just madness. It's incredible. You have yeah, to. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, it's an incredible experience. Wizard says Gav Roy Hodgson should be playing lawn balls. Roger screwed himself over. I'd love a fucking game of lawn balls. Genuinely. Mm-hmm. I could see myself on a summer's day, right, in a little lawn balls club. And they've like, you know, like a little shed, just a keg of Guinness in it. And you're just swamping the Guinness, playing lawn balls. And Mick is over there and all the, all the lads. Roy <laughs> Honestly, I play long balls with Roy Hodgson, no problem. I just I love that. Um, Palace, you think Palace? I think he's definitely going to go and try it. That's have a have a go at that sports job, and it wouldn't surprise me if he went and had a go at that Chelsea job and basically told Bowley, "Yeah, sign me, you like, I can do this, no fucking problem." Because Brendan Rodgers just wants to be standing beside them when they're doing the lean at Cobham or or Stamford Bridge. Um, other than that, I, I, I really don't know because he's not. He probably sees Leicester as a top ten team, and he wants to go up the ranks. So he's definitely going to throw himself at them two jobs. Um, it, the only ah, thing left for Brendan Rodgers to do, the only thing left to do, but the only thing for him left to do is to probably fuck off to France and Holland and start trying to put on an accent in the in the interviews, oh, like McLaren and, and Joey Bernard McLaren-esque. Um, but uh, every time I say the name Steve McLaren, I think of the time he was doing. Do you remember he was in the Sky Sports studio and yeah. they were playing Iceland? And yeah. The Euros, and he was like, yeah, England are on top here now. Um, I know it's one all, but they're on top. And if they just keep doing what they're doing, um, oh. they should get the next all. And he goes, oh. <laughs> and he goes, what's happened? <laughs> what's happened, Steve? And he goes, Iceland have scored it's 2-1 and he's going to give this big monologue about how England can do this it was and listen people go oh you're Irish that's why you loved it it wasn't it was just the, the timing of it was fucking exceptional um, but P where does he end? where do you think I think he's holding he'll hold out I'd say his agent he has his agent ringing Tottenham every day <laughs> he has his agent ringing Tottenham every day even though Spurs will have the horn for um, to get Pochettino back in, I, I expect Pochettino to go back in there. Um, but if Pochettino, if they if they fail to negotiate properly with Pochettino, I'd say Brendan would say, "Listen, I'll even take it till the end of the season because he'll fancy himself to get them fourth and then the push for the job because they won't sack a man. Whoever gets them fourth, if they manage to get them fourth, they'll keep that job." Well, the thing is, um, when you look at it, the big the big elephant in the room is your man Nagelsmann. That's the big mm-hmm. in yeah, the room. yeah. You know, but Nagelsmann's probably looking at it going. Like, there's more Chelsea. I think he's suits Chelsea more than sports. Because Nagelsmann to me, like Nagelsmann to me, seems like he like he just wants the he wants the attention as well. And I should have when I think of being linked with Liverpool job. Um, but uh, like it's just um, it's uh, Ant says um, haha, that was great. Loves making a tool of himself, McLaren. It was just one of the best things I've ever seen. Couple of things the best things I've ever seen. That. Um, and you're bringing back memories now, and I'll keep going right for a few minutes. But do you remember remember when um, Mourinho came back to Chelsea for the second time, and I think he won a league or whatever, 
and they were interviewing this family. I think it might have been at the Chelsea Flower Show or something like that. And the outfit is standing there. Have you ever seen this? There's the the outfit is standing there. The man is in his 50s, I'd say, but there's him, there's his wife, and there's the two daughters. Now, the two daughters, I'd say, were in their late 20s, early 30s. And he starts singing this song about Jose Mourinho. And your man interviewing him was like, oh, you have a song? And he's like, yeah. And he was like, um, Jose Mourinho, the man who stole this show, right? And then he looks at the daughter and the wife, and, the, and they go, Jose Mourinho, right? And they're, they're, doing like, they're doing like the backing track for him. It's one of the most amazing fucking things I've ever, ever seen. You have to go and look it up. And the third one is um, the, the lads in the park singing You've Just Got Caned um, about Harry Kane. If you look that up, look, I'm giving you gold here. So look up, you've just got caned. Um, just type in fucking random park, you've just got caned. It's like this guy, right? He's he's like, he's whiter than paste, this fella, right? And he's all the gear now, and he's all these fellas with hoods on them or behind them. And he starts going, you just got caned. And he starts slamming onto the ground and jumping back up like this, like hip mob. And it's so fucking funny, right? Check that out. Then check out um, Mourinho song i think it was chelsea at the chelsea flower, flower show. show and then the mclaren stuff is just fucking exceptional so there you go um i'm trying to see if anyone knows uh if anyone knows what i'm talking about but uh it's they're so bleeding funny i'm actually gonna go and watch them now they're brilliant. <laughs> can we quickly do a couple of minutes on my actual loser which was arthur at the weekends just to just to... oh yeah him yeah he even got left out with his show <laughs> um, should never play with a club again. No, shocking. I mean, like, it was shocking. I'd rather, if, I'd rather if he just elbowed him in the face, got three games, for, and you just go, You're not playing anyway, but we have your respect. But he's shaking hands with, with fucking thing while he scored. What what did you make of a dicker? Were you amused by it? I just think, what's going on? He just, he basically became part of the celebration, didn't he? Like, that's essentially what he, 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 he complied with, with Pep's little pantomime. I mean, he was already, I don't know like, what he was. I feel like a steward shaking the manager's hand like they do with Benitez. He used to do with Benitez all the time after goal. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> it was, it was so belittling, you know, it was, it, it, it was just, um, you know, I don't know what was going on. I, did he say after the game that his son was up in the stands or something? He was, he was, he was making a, he was making some kind of song and dance when they scored the second goal, and then obviously they scored the third goal and the fourth goal. It just seemed to go, you know, he just seemed to be ramping it up, the, the kind of rubbing it in type of celebration. But to bring, to try and bring, you know, Simicus. Um, and then obviously Arthur complying with with his request for the handshake while he's kind of doing his little jig. I mean, it was just like it's it it's it, for me like it is signing as being a car crash anyway. I mean, there was a lot of a, a lot of parallels with sort of you know uh, Ben Davis and whatnot. It's a bit become a bit of a running joke now in terms of the desperation of getting that sign and done at the last minute, last seconds. Yeah. Um, but but. And we, okay, we have seen, we have actually, in his case, seen him on the pitch, albeit briefly. But um, to basically just, you know, kind of be 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 part seems to be a part of the bench week in week out without any real intent to to get on the pitch. But like he's just he's written himself into kind of Liverpool kind of folklore for all the wrong reasons now. Like that's mm. that that. He, he, not that he had, not that he had a future anyway, but that that to a lot of Liverpool fans it was just like 
unforgivable, really. Rory says, a couple of comments here, Rory says, it wasn't just shaking the hand. He then puts his hand up to his mouth to have a conversation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to get a few of these in. Just Hannah says, Liverpool fans getting upset about Arthur is like Man United fans getting upset about Weghorst who touched the Anfield sign. I think they're completely different, Hannah. I think Weghorst touches the sign. And then he comes out with some sort of thing like I was trying to stop VVD from the thing. I was like, what are you talking about? Right? And they were slowing it down in slow motion. Like they were doing a VAR on this fucking thing, right? But it's... I've no, I've no problem if... if Say for argument's sake, Liverpool have a Spanish player that forever fucking support Real Madrid, and Liverpool go to the Bernabeu and there's a there's a plaque, and he touches on the way out, right? Because he's a he's a lifelong Real Madrid fan. I've no issue with that, right? But what that what what's done there the weekend, right? Um, Jono says Pep did a smart ass comments after the game, um, but there was one there that caught me eye. Hold on, I'm gonna find it because it was it was perfectly put. Oh yeah, answers. Pep said uh, after the game, he said, uh, "How good was their goal to the two Liverpool subs? Makes it even worse the baldy loser. Get out of the fuck, by the way, right? But uh, to me, look, he wins the game, right? But it shows his insecurities again towards Liverpool. Oh, big time. Know, he he's looking at that like he definitely won. Like, this is the fella that told you they didn't care about the league ten weeks ago." When Arsenal mm. worked eight, nine, ten points clear, he completely does. And he looked at that game on Saturday and went, "This is the one. If we don't win this, it's over." And these are the pricks that could stop us doing it. And I'm okay with him being jumping around. And our manager does it. I'm absolutely okay with him jumping around and screaming and shouting and celebrating. And he's made a complete kid of himself um, against Liverpool. Both at the end he had in a European Cup um, yeah. quarter-final, if you remember, mm-hmm. where he gets sent to the stands. And then an Anfield yeah. where he just keeps pointing number two at fucking referees for about like yeah. an hour and a half, right? So he's he's made a complete tit of himself. I've no problem with jumping around. And Jurgen Klopp does it. But Jurgen Klopp doesn't jump into other opposition teams' faces or players' yeah. faces as they're walking past them to say how good was their goal. And that's, his, that's Pep Guardiola's insecurities. He won the game. But that's his insecurity. There's no doubt about that. Because I think he's a brilliant manager. I think he's a brilliant coach. I think he's a great thinker in the game. I think he's a great I think he's a great um student of the game. Because I think what he what for me and Klopp's the same, they've taken so much from other other managers throughout the years and implemented it in a slightly different way, but it's the same basis. But his insecurities for me showed at the weekend. And for me, like I know where Hannah's coming from, you know, don't get too upset. But I would much rather a player go, get the fuck away from you. Right? Mm-hmm. Throw an arm up and say, would you ever fuck off away from me? But he, he deliberately tried to bring a Liverpool player and shake his hand and show them how good was their goal into the conversation. When he should be celebrating with Man City, but he couldn't. It's all his attention was straight away onto Liverpool. Into Liverpool, yeah. And, and, and something like that deserved a flashpoint for me. You know, oh, I'm giving him a, a dig in the mouth. Like, if, there's if no doubt no about it. A bit of fisticuffs and a bit of pushing yeah. around, and, yeah. and, then, and then you know, a piling from the sidelines. Yeah. It was yeah. something like that. Yeah, because yeah. honestly, like if Pep Guardiola does that to me, and he's up in my face, how good was their goal? He's trying to do this. I'd have him yeah. by the throat, and then, well, that's what I think of it. Yeah, I'll exactly. act like, exactly. out my reaction to you, please. But Arthur. I don't know what the fuck he's at, to be quite honest. Let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. You're talking about the most heavily funded manager the world has ever seen. Uh, a club that cheats at absolutely everything um, and has had every advantage handed to them. And he's had every advantage handed to him. And his main, main, not even obsession, his main preoccupation, I think it goes beyond being preoccupied. I think he envies 
I think Pep Guardiola, if he could go back and manage Liverpool, he would give anything because he knows the type of hero he would be managing Liverpool. <clears> no, I think the win, the winning would be organic. I think he envies anybody that he comes across in a red shirt. Jurgen Klopp more than anyone. I think he looks at it and goes, if only it was with them, I could really prove how great I am. He knows, no, doesn't matter what he does, that nobody will ever, his, he has no legacy other than he spent billions and it kills him. So his immediate reaction isn't to go to his, his own lads, oh yes lads, it's to go <clears throat> and, you know, look at me, Liverpool guy in red or whoever you are. It's, it's actually sad to the point where you think, you know, you'll retire with, millions in the bank all these trophies that won't win mean a thing the what the penalty that Simic has scored in the final to win the the league cup against Chelsea will mean more to his career than everything that Pep Guardiola will have won at Manchester City. well the, the thing about it is like um I, I agree with you I think I think Pep has come to the realization that even if he wins the European Cup at Man City people are just going to go yeah, but it took, fucking, it took you fucking eight years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it took you whatever amount of years. And, and like, it's, yeah. not, it's like, you know, it's like someone going in and saying, um, you know, I, I, I bought one off the menu in the restaurant. I'm like, great. Well, no, because you have the money to buy two off the menu. Um, one, two of everything off the menu. It doesn't make sense. But he, he has massive insecurities. Um, not only about Liverpool, about other things as well. Um, but Jono says here, funny you not hear much about City fans throwing bricks at the Liverpool team bus, never mind the disgraceful chanting. Surprised City didn't release a statement saying it was Klopp's fault. Well, the, the, now, and someone did say, in fairness, they did re, they did um, release a statement straight afterwards. They did release a statement straight afterwards with regards to the chanting in the ground. But again, you know, and those people at the ground, right, Liverpool fans in the CEN, by the way, that reported this to say, two tours of this ground were singing this. But still not enough. For the, for the people that are commentating on the game or studio analysis who sit outside and watch it, right, when it's going on, turn and go, hey, what's going on here? United and Liverpool come out with a joint Join. statement before the game on Anfield and I didn't hear the thing in that ground about anything, right? I didn't, honestly, I didn't, right? But the irony of all this is, is that, yes, Liverpool fans, the last time at the Etihad, it might have been in the League Cup, a young guy was hit with coins, I think. Now, the... the, the the talk was the coins were in a cup and it was thrown around. Liverpool fans were saying, no, the coins were in a cup as a collection for a bus driver and come off the edges, whatever it was. Believe who you want. Shouldn't have happened, right? Not acceptable. End of story. But the irony in all this is, is that Man City reduced Liverpool's allocation that the Etihad because of now they feel it's beyond a Category A game because they feel it's toxic and they feel it's this and they reduced it from somewhere like 3,400 down to 2,000. There's about 1,000 tickets gone off, I think. Maybe a bit more. And the irony in all this is is that they, they do this because they fear Liverpool fans might do that to the other. And what happens? Their own fans turn up right, and just disregard what you shouldn't chant, right? Because, because in fairness, say what you want about United, they're... They're mature enough and adult enough to want to go, that stops. And and we're going to tell you together, it stops. You know, because these clubs, they're massive rivals. They talk to each other on a daily fucking basis, right? End of story. They do. See, you can't do that. See, you should be coming out and saying to our fans, do not sing that fucking song. Do not sing them types of songs. And, like, they were saying, oh, we identify this. You you could just literally ban, just go around, just, you have a camera on every person that ground if you want it, mm-hmm. right? Like, they can scan so much. And the irony is they reduced Liverpool's allocation and City went and done that and then attacked the bus. Now, attack the bus, a brick hit a bus, 
It's not nice. Same way the Copperberg hit the bus. But honestly, when the <laughs> Copperberg hit the fucking city bus, you'd swear, right? You'd swear Pearl Harbor 2 had kicked off the way they oh, did that, right? But now it's... But you see, city have, city have sat themselves on this plateau now where it's us against the world because they have the audacity now to question what we do and how we do it. And that's where it's leading to. And that's where it's fueling Pep because he made a complete bollocks of it when all this stuff came out where he said, I've asked, I've told the club if they ever lied to me, I'll be gone. And then he sat in that chair and he went on, I I, I'm, I, know, I think we'd be absolutely okay. Well, you should say you know. So he's absolutely nailed his colours to that mast. And now he has to fight to the absolute death, right? And he's still knowing that people will go, yeah, you won all that, but... You just took the no, easy option all the time. It would mean nothing. I mean, Pep Guardiola, I'm old enough like you are to remember him as a player. He was a fine player, played for Barcelona, failed a drug test in Italy when he went there. You know, his whole career, nobody speaks about him in, in the glowing terms. And I think he's got a huge... Those are the things, and I think those are the things you're getting at, that he has a huge... He's wondering why nobody is talking about him in the great pantheons of a, of a manager, for example. When, 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 For example, here in Barcelona, people talk about Johan Cruyff as a manager. They even talk about Bobby Robson. They don't talk about... They talk about Frank Rijkaard. They don't talk about Pep, funny enough. Because they're not really proud of him. Even as a player, they talk about Ronald Koeman in that position, the amount of goals that he scored from that. They don't talk about Pep Guardiola. In, as, and, and as a manager, I go to Bayern Munich, fail. Go to Manchester City, take eight, nine years to even look like you could get, get to a Champions League final. I think that's, that's what's, you know, it's, it's killed him. He would give anything to be in Jurgen Klopp. He would sacrifice most of those trophies to be in Jurgen Klopp's position, managing Liverpool football. I, just, I think I think it's I think it's gone bigger than football now. I think I think the situation that came around around the, the FA um, investigation, yeah, his club's reaction, the trawling up of quotes he'd said a year previous, and then his reaction and responses in the um, press conferences after. I think he lured himself into that. I mm. think he regrets it. Uh, but he has no choice now to fight. Like this is the same fella that was saying, "Oh, should we be blamed for Steven Gerrard slipping?" What the fuck are you talking about? No one's saying anything about you know you didn't win on the pitch. What they're saying is is that you've made up money to fund all this. Don't pick out like some fella slipping or some fella you know missed an open goal and claim going. Well, it's not my fault as well. Like, that's the most petulant fucking childish thing I've ever heard. But that's what that's the level he got to. That's the level he got to. So. um Brian says he's just unlikable. Yeah, I think he is unlikable. I, not in a footballing sense where what he's done, I think he's good, really good. But I think overall, I think he's unlikable. And, you know, he he nearly sits there like, Did I no, I don't think I said that. And he scratches his head and he turns his head to the side and he has all these mannerisms where you're kind of going, just look forward at the person that's answering the question and answer it. But, uh, like, Liverpool were well-being at the weekend. There's no doubt about it. But for me, and, and there's no complaints. I think My only complaint at the weekend is against Liverpool. Um, to be quite honest with you, on the pitch, off the pitch, I've complaints about Man City and stuff, but it still came across. You win, you beat Liverpool four one, and the talking point around it is your insecurities around you, um, what legacy you will have in football because of what you've done at this football club, which I don't think would be much. And this team over here that haven't won as much as you, but you've denied them, and you they're in your head every fucking day. Can I ask you a question? You're a top top player. 
do you want to go and play? And everybody knows who I'm talking about. Do you want to go and play, you know, for, for Pep Guardiola at Manchester City? If you're a young player, or do you do you want to, you know, follow your, your hero, Joe and 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 dig out, dig Liverpool out and get yourself a name? I think that young player is... So, and a lot of Manchester City fans will go, oh, no, we smashed Liverpool the weekend, so he's probably looking at us. I think things like that will make him go, even more, listen, get me in there. I'm going to make the difference. It's a bit like the, the fella Casemiro made the, made, as both have made the point. I'll sort that midfield. I think Bellingham is looking at, and Steven Gerrard has done his job, and he wants to come here. Nobody, I wouldn't be looking at, and you wouldn't be looking at Pep and go, yeah, I'll play for him. Look at him. Look at the way he behaves on the Yeah, road. but you see, yeah, but you're saying that and, and the fact that, well, I'm a 41 year old man and I, I, I haven't, I have issues with City's financial um, carry on, right? But like, I know where you're coming from in the sense of pl- players around the world now are probably looking going, mm, is there something going on there? You know, now they can, if you want money, off you go. You know, Newcastle yeah, City will yeah. do it. You know, they'll yeah. blow, and you know to a point, will blow Liverpool out of the water. Mm-hmm. Liverpool always still comes across as, you know, they're a proper football club. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think Manchester United are a proper football club. But you know you haven't found the mix between being a proper football club and being smart with the money. Liverpool, in fairness, haven't found the balance between being a proper football club and sometimes acting that way. Yeah, That's yeah, where yeah. the FSG stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. But... Like I, I'll, say, I'll stand by with Bellingham, and I don't know how we've got onto this, but Bellingham. Um, John also apologises for saying Bellingham is keen on a move to LFC, so he's clearly not being put off by our season so far. I think Joe Bellingham knows where he's going at the end of the season and has done for months. That's my opinion. I think he's done for months. Joe Bellingham, if you if you look back at the planning that went around him leaving Birmingham, right? He's not going to do any less planning on this move. And for me, Joe Bellingham isn't finishing on the fucking 28th of May uh, for Borussia Dortmund, the way Union Berlin or wherever it is. And then, and then going, yeah, mm, I wonder where I'll go. Not happening. No, it's, it's mine made up now. It's and I tell happen. you, we, we made the point with Sean, I remember a few few weeks ago, I said, listen, if you're looking at Liverpool, and you're thinking, Alisson, probably the, certainly, if not the best, the second best goalkeeper in the world, Virgil van Dijk, Ballon d'Or, probably should have won the Ballon d'Or the year Messi was average and we won the Champions League. Mohamed Salah, arguably the, the probably the best striker in the world. If I get into that midfield, will I be in the Ballon d'Or conversation? Too, blo- too bloody right, I will. Too bloody right, I'm going there. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. going there. I just think, I, I'm not saying for a second he'll sign for Liverpool. Because I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I, won't, I won't. I won't. I genuinely won't come on. And I, I know you believe it. And I'll, I'll ask Dicko in a second. But I, I like genuinely. As a, f- I'm just a bloke that talks about football. Happens to be on the internet, right? I don't know anything about the inside of Liverpool. Nobody fucking knows anything about the inside of Liverpool. So I'm not going to turn around tomorrow and go. Oh, he's definitely signing. He's definitely signing. I'm not going to flip flop. Right, like the Athletic have done, and fucking flip flop like they're like they just tumble through the fucking week, landing on something, right? And and not only them, in fairness, there's there's more that do it, more publications that do it. But all I'm saying is, is that should Liverpool be in from a hundred percent? I think he's the, I think he's the, the top. He's the top talent midfield wise in the world for me, right? Um, should Liverpool be in? Yes. Will they get him? I'd love it, but I just think. All this, oh, he's making the decision in a week, and he's making. Stop it! 
He's not leaving yeah. it till fucking May and June to go. It's Let's have a look at what's on offer here. And the thing is, right? People saying, "Oh, Liverpool will be poor off with this." Liverpool know what the price is since last summer. So if Liverpool are offered it, Liverpool would have been out by now saying, "We're not signing him," because the money being quoted is mental, right? Mm. Because Jude Bellingham, Borussia Dortmund, both knew at the end of the summer gone, we're getting one more year out of this, and they've worked it together. Nothing's come out of it. I'm telling you, it's. It's done. Whoever he's going to, it's done for me. Mm. Dicko, do we mm. sign him or do we just um, do we just take Tom Davis on loan from Everton? Because Everton's <laughs> transfer ban. Oh, I've got a bad feeling about it. I, 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 I'm not confident. I don't think he comes to us ultimately. I mean, if he does, then fair play. If he's made his decision now and he sticks to it after you know he, he sees the fall from grace that we've had in week after week, almost giving him every reason not to want to come to us because it's it's looking like more more of a rebuild. Like with every game that passes, than we might have thought the previous week or the previous month so if he comes all 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 power to him and and they'll be respected i think even more for coming to 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 what's turning into a kind of a mini project really he wouldn't have thought that um this time last season we'd be discussing you know rebuilds or or a, or a project or anything like that 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 he you know potentially now he's going to have to be the cornerstone of some form of rebuild under Klopp, you know, us going for a second kind of, you know, squad, building a second, you know, squad around him primarily. I know we've still got Salah and we've still got some, you know, some of the big names who, who've won everything with us, but let, let's face it, we, we, we need, we do need a new, a new face, you know, for us to kind of go again. Um, I don't think it happens, but at the same time, I, I, I'm like I'm putting all almost putting all my eggs in that in that basket in terms of hope for the future. To be honest with you, because if we don't get if we don't get them, uh, like the, the 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 meltdown will be absolutely be phenomenal. And like you know the Gerrard and, and Trent stuff at the World Cup, then like even when they're warming down, Henderson's with them. Trent's going off and watching. Um, Chris Christopherson or something in concert um, <laughs> together and, and you know all sorts of stuff so it absolutely would be mad um, it's it, someone says there Dicko's never confident over anything yeah but Dicko lives very close to Phil Casey and what happens is when you live <laughs> close to Phil Casey all them thoughts that comes out of Phil's head wanders <laughs> across the back gardens and lands in your kitchen and you can't That's right. Them. I was only on a wall with <laughs> yeah. Phil Casey yesterday so I'm, I'm obviously at a low ebb now <laughs> yeah. Um right, we're gonna leave it because we've done an hour and a half. I really enjoyed that. We've covered loads and um, we were trying to do four topics. I think we've done everything. We've read the <laughs> world, it's right. Big shout out to David Attenborough if you're listening. Um no problem for the mention, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um that has been winners and losers. And um, tomorrow we will have Liverpool play tomorrow. We're playing Chelsea. We yeah, try and yeah. put these my, things sorry, out. Lads, but, yeah. My yeah. genuinely my days are all over the place because yeah. literally everyone in the house has been sick for a week. And I don't know what day it is. Genuinely don't fucking know what day it is. So tomorrow's Tuesday. They're definitely playing on Tuesday. So Yeah, and the young's going. And the young is going. Young will be there, nice. What's he doing going to Stanford Bridge? Uh, he managed to get a couple of tickets, so himself and Mick are gonna have a night out on the town. Night out. To be in bed at half ten, they will. Um, <laughs> so they go so so up, so up and go to fucking what's the posh shops over there, all the notion shops. 
Um, being Harrods on, on, on Wednesday morning. Yeah. I'd say you watch the match in Harrods actually. You give away his ticket. Um <laughs> but uh no, tomorrow we'll have full time reds. Wednesday we should be doing a call in show. Thursday we, we should be back with viewers' voice. Um Friday will be the Premier League forecast. Um Saturday, um Liverpool play Arsenal Sunday, don't they? Definitely mm. Sunday. Um, Sunday I'm going. I am going over for the Arsenal. Yeah. Um, Confident. With your big Harrods jacket on you there, Andy boys. Um, <laughs> and uh, Saturday we're off. Sunday will be full-time Reds and the Fatback for. So we've loads and loads coming this thing um, this week. Um, if you're into golf, go and check out Bang Average Golf. There's more videos coming from that. From Early. You love it, don't you? Everybody in the chat, everybody in the chat that's commenting, please subscribe to Bang Average Golf. It's addictive. Put it on your laptop in work on your lunch break and just watch it. It's the yeah. most relaxing thing. It's satisfying. It's a bit of crack. It's not like it's just I can't. I don't know what. It's just addictive. Tell all your mates. It's very. It's very. It's very early days, but it is Bang Average Golf. What we were throwing a little five minute video to see if people liked them. Where we're just hitting putts and talking nonsense. Like the next one coming is about conspiracy theories. I don't know how we're going to it. But <laughs> then we're doing we're doing longer videos. We're, we're going to definitely do one where you'll see every shot in an eighteen holes. And um, we're going to play against you. We've we've spent like we've spent a, about a grand on equipment just for cameras and stuff like that. Um, but now now we're in a spot where. We can actually bring four people out on the course, all mic'd up, cameras, the whole lot. Um, so we're going to be bringing people out to challenge against us. And like fellas that are way better than us, they're going to tear us a new arsehole. But we're going to have a great time doing it, me and Neely. Um, so if, if, if you're, you might be into golf, just go and check it out. Watch it. We have a bit of laugh. We slag each other off. And it's only going to get wilder from here because with four people on screen, me and Neely like an all-married couple, coupled in with the fact that we want to beat these other two people over here. Or maybe me and me and another random against Neely and the random it could go anywhere but it's all about people giving us uh, feedback on it play that game play against each other do this do that I wanted to do a game where we had to ring random people in our phone book to choose what club we had to hit you know um, all sorts of stuff but Neely was like no I'm not playing that um, so um, but but genuinely we're having we're having great we're, no we're having we're having great fun doing it um, there's about 10-12 videos out at the minute we, we should have another three out in the next week and then we're actually going into filming more days a week than we are we're doing one, the, one a week at the minute but we're going into more filming so we should be able to put out five or six a week and um, going through the summer um, just I, I just love sleeping just proper golfing season isn't it yeah but i'll be just literally playing golf doing football shows editing fucking golf videos putting them out and going back out playing golf again so no but it, it brings back memories when, when i came off the show first in the itv they brought us out itv2 brought us out to this golf uh golf course in croydon and i'll never forget it it was me um and whoever was doing the interview so it's it just just supposed to be me having around now i'm not a great golfer at all um but i i hit the four shot straight down the middle and coming onto my box um, Roberto Di Matteo was still playing at the time, still playing for Chelsea, and he was—he actually let us play through. Him and his agent let us play through, so it was like it was Cyril. But the fourth shot, and I swear to God, they must have thought it was like a, pro, a good golfer. And I—I'm rubbish, but you know when you just catch one straight well, down the middle, like, they picked out the six pin high. It was just a great day. But we're—we're we're not, we're not telling you about good golfers. Like we hit some horrendous. <laughs> exactly. like, we've a—we've vi a video coming out here, right in the next couple of days. Four hole match play, right. I can't get the ball off the tee. Um, one of us ends up under a tree trying to take a shot. Like it's all over the shop stuff. 
but it's a laugh. Do you know what I mean? But, the but at the same time, in the first ten videos we've made, Needy has been about two feet away from him for hole in one, and I've been about eighteen inches away from hole in one in the yeah. first ten videos. Like, yeah. un- like never do it normally, but it's just a bit of a laugh. And if you're watching and you want to play golf for us, by all means, give us a show because we'll get you down. We'll mic you up on the camera, and um, don't worry what you say because we let it out. Doesn't make a difference. Like me but and the course, are heavily edited. Heavily edited. You were out in Ashbourne, I think the first one, and it just looked outstanding. Just a perfect morning for it. it <coughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's about weather because at the moment getting out to play golf is hard. The amount of rain has been on record. It was. Let's hope for better in April. Please, yeah. everybody in the chat. Now go and, go and go and subscribe. Watch the videos. Give us feedback. We want to know what you want to see us do on the channel. Whether it's two people on screen, three, four, um, we we want to do everything. We're, we're bringing all the equipment to us to the golf day and everything. Where we're going to we're going to film on the golf day and all our shots and stuff like that. And it's just something different, you know. If you're pissed off watching Liverpool at the minute, which it's absolutely fine. Go in and sit sit this on. Don't have any expectations of it and just have a laugh watching it. Anyway, yeah. um, the charity is um breast cancer research. I have to leave this as the last word. Um, 20,000 euros are trying to raise for 12 women running the double marathon in October if you want to donate the link is in the description if you want to sponsor anything for our golf day or send us money to buy some prizes for the raffle that night lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com where you can get in contact with us and we will sort it all out from there if you want to donate as I said link is in the description or share it across your family your friends everything like that and we get this total done at some stage um, big shout out to Sophie that we covered on the, on the show last week um, lost our limbs because of se- uh, sepsis and stuff like that which like literally that's gone over 150,000 euro in a week it's phenomenal mm-hmm. she deserves every single cent of it and if if you want it's on our social media if you want to donate to that as well um, thanks for being to Dico thanks to P thanks to everyone in the chat it's been a brilliant show on a Monday night I have to say um, and that's been winners and losers over and out Podcast Network.